0: Greetings in Jesus' name this morning. It is good to be in the house of the Lord and to worship together. You know, it's kind of interesting, the Sunday school lesson and where it was taken from in relation to today being Palm Sunday. And so we're going to back up. And so I want to look at the events of Jesus as he came into Jerusalem. It was the last time he came into Jerusalem. I want to read from the Gospels concerning the event of Jesus' coming. I want to start, first of all, with Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Now, when I want to look at verses 1 through 10, but before we do that, I want to give the title of the message. The title of the message is Is Jesus your King? Is Jesus your King? <clears throat> Couldn't help but think of a few years back when Loss and I were dating. She was a Bible school and I was at home. But I come out to see her. Closing prayer between terms. She had gone second term, I'd gone. Anyway, she was there and I come out to see her. And the matron kept saying, the king is coming. King has come. Well, now, I didn't realize that was all going on. And so when I got there, it was quite a commotion. She said, The king is here. Well, that's what they said when Jesus came into Jerusalem. Now, let's read here from Mark chapter 11. Starting in verse 1. So when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples and said unto them, go, go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as you be entered into it, ye shall find a colt tied, whereupon never man sat. Loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say ye to the say ye that the Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way, and found the coat tied by the door, without any place where two ways met, and they loose him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do ye do, loosing the coat? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus hath commanded, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees and strewed them in the way. And they that had went before, and they that had followed, cried, saying, Hosanna! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David, that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest! And Jesus entered into Jerusalem, and into the temple, and when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the even tide was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. Now notice here the events surrounding this. Jesus knew that people would question why Jesus wanted a coat. Even a donkey, for that matter. Because the king did not ride on a donkey, the king rode on a horse. A donkey was, you might say, a beast of burden. In other words, the donkey. served. The donkey was one of service. And this was not a trained coat. This coat was tied. This coat was never ridden before. Now, I like horses, but I'm not going to ride one that was never ridden before. There's trail horses up here that you can ride through the Shenandoah National Park. They are trained horses. And I don't know how this donkey acted, but I don't think it was out of control. In fact, I know it was We have the power of God in this. It's interesting here. It says, they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethphage. And that name means house of On a blank now, house of no olives. It was at the Mount of Olives, in the house of no olives, and the reason it was called that was because Jesus cursed the fig tree when it wasn't even season to have figs. Now, if you go to, we'll go to another verse here after a while. It talks about Bethsaida. Beth means house. Bethsaida is house of fishes. Bethel means house of God. And so the word Beth means house. I would have found that interesting. Now, let's go to Matthew's account in Matthew 21. Matthew 21, I just want to start reading in verse 11. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, and were come to Bethphage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied, and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. Now here we have the colt and the mother. Loose them, and bring them to me. And if any man have ought unto thee, you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway... He will send them. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell you the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and upon a coat the full of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the coat, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strewed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Now it's interesting here, I don't know how much you've been around horses, but especially if you have a young one, you start waving branches around the thing and throwing coats over top of them and hollering, you're going to spook them to no end. You just are. Unless it's a well trained horse. This was a dog. Just think about that a little bit. And it says they were moved. In verse 10, when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, who is this? The Greek word for moved is seo. It's the root of seismos, which means commotion of the ground. Seo means to agitate, to cause to tremble, to move, to quake or to shake. And so we had all Jerusalem was moved. They were, we would probably say, excited. This was a big deal. Kind of like a parade, maybe. You know, we were kind of reminiscing about some of the events in McGaggiesville. And the last, the last year that we had summer Bible school in McGonkiesville, the fireman's parade, unbeknown to us, ended up, the, the ending point was McGonkiesville parking lot. And it was about the time that the younger classes dismissed for break. And so we had balloons, we had candy, we had, it was a commotion. And so we have here, the whole city was moved. And they said, who is this? Who is this? Did they know who it was? They knew a little bit who he was. They said, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. If you go back to verse 5, we have the prophecy of Jesus. Behold thy king cometh unto thee meek and sitting upon an ass and upon the coat the fall of an ass. This was prophesied years before. That always amazes me. Now if somebody was going to prophesy about your life. Well you're going to have four children and you're going to live here and then live there and you'd think they were crazy. This was prophesied exactly how this was going to be. The multitudes went before, and that followed. This wasn't just a few people, this was the multitudes were saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. This was prophesied in Zechariah, chapter 9 and verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just, and having salvation, lowly, and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt, the fall of an ass. He is just. The sinless sacrifice. He is lowly. That did not mean he was low class. It means he was humble. We have that in Philippians. This was during the height of Jesus' popularity. He had just raised Lazarus from the dead. And people were coming to him. Go to John chapter 11. i got to break in here at verse 14. Then said... Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not here, to the intent you may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. Jesus was busy other places, and he didn't come right away. Go now to verses 45 and 46. This was after Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. It says, Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Many believed on him. Many of the Jews. And so we have a following of the Jews to Jesus. Go back to John 12. We have Mary anointing Jesus. I'm not going to take the time to read this account. Now, I want to break in just a few verses here. Verse 9, Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but, all, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. Now, it's interesting here, if you look at this account of Mary anointing Jesus' feet, of all things, the feet. And we have Judas, the one who betrayed Jesus. He was the one that was more concerned about the money than about the act. And it's interesting, if you study this out, uh, Judas was from Caesarea. All the rest of the disciples were from Galilee. But we have Mary anointing Jesus' feet and how the people came to Jesus. Now I want to go to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 2, Mark chapter 11, verse 2, we have Jesus coming to Jerusalem, and I want to look at the different ways that he came. First of all, he came with authority. He had authority over the coach. He knew, or he had a good idea, somebody was going to say, well, what do you want this for? Right, put yourself in their place. If somebody come into your barn and said, I want your cow and its calf, you'd say, no, wait a minute. What are you doing? They said Jesus had need of it. Oh, okay. Well, are you going to bring it back? Or are you going to keep it or what? Jesus came with authority. I'm going to go back to Matthew. Matthew. 21 and verse 11 we read this but it says the multitude said this is Jesus the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee in different times they asked Well, Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? Some said, well, a prophet, Elias. The question is, who do we say that he is? You know, you can go around and do a survey and ask people, what do you think of Jesus? Well, that's important. And we should be doing that. But who do you say he is? Is he your king? He came with honor. We have that here in verses 8 through 10. They spread their garments in the way, others cut down branches from the trees said, Hosanna to the son of David. They recognized him as the son of David, as coming from David's lineage. This was prophesied. This is who he was. He came with honor. Go back again to John chapter 12. start here at verse 16 says these things understood not his disciples at the first but when Jesus was glorified then remembered they that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him and the people therefore that was with him when he called Lazarus out of his grave and raised him from the dead bear record for this cause the people also met him for that they heard that he had done this miracle. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how ye prevail nothing? Behold, the world is gone after him. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast, and some the same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. so there was people that understood a little bit what Jesus was doing, and some did not. And it seemed like the Greeks understood more about it than his own disciples did. But he said, we want to see him. We want to see Jesus. What are you looking for? Are you looking for the king? It's interesting, go back to Numbers 24, I preached recently about Balaam, in fact I thought about doing that here this morning, but I changed my mind. Did you know Balaam prophesied of Jesus' coming, of all people? And that's what's interesting about reading the Gospels reading the the Word, there's things jump out at you. Uh, When I was studying for last Sunday's sermon, it was when the children of Israel went into Canaan. They were getting ready to go into Canaan to conquer the land. And we often refer to this, and we probably do it without knowing or thinking where it comes from, but did your parents ever tell you, be sure your sin will find you out? Well, that's where it was. It was when they were going into the land of Canaan, and the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, said, we're going to stay here, you all go on in, we're going to be prepared for battle, we're going to build houses for our children, we're going to build places for our livestock, but you go on in, we're going to wait here. Now Moses said no. And through the course of the conversation, they said, be sure your sin will find you out. That you will go along. But if you don't go along, be sure your sin will find you out. That's where it's at. Now I know that's kind of off on a bunny trail, but we can... It's interesting here, the things that come to us in reading the word. And here in Numbers 24, I want to read verses 17 through 19. When Balak wanted Balaam to curse the people, he said, no, I'm not going to do that. And he said that three times. I know that's getting off in another sermon, but... Here in verse 17 of Numbers 24, it says, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Sheth. And Edom shall be a possession. Seer also shall be a possession for his enemies, And Israel shall do valiantly. Out of Jacob shall come he that shall have dominion and shall destroy him that remaineth of the city. The prophecy of Balaam concerning Jesus' coming. And so Jesus came with honor. Verse 19 says, he shall come that shall have dominion. He also came in innocence. Of course, we had that in Zechariah 9.9, 9, but we also have it in Luke 23. And I want to look at the innocence of Jesus the king. He came in innocence. Luke 23 verses 13 through 16. This was when Jesus was standing before Pilate. It says, And Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and rulers of the people, said unto them, Ye have brought this man unto me as one that perverteth the people, and behold, I have examined him before you and have found no fault in this man, touching those things whereof ye accuse him. No, nor yet Herod, for I sent you to him, and lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. I will therefore chastise him and release him. And so we have Jesus being in his, Nothing worthy of death. He came in innocence. He came in humility. We have that in Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. It talks about the humility of Christ. Humility of Jesus as he walked this earth. As he served. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but was at all points tempted like as we are without sin. He gave himself. I'm trying to think of the rest of those verses. God also hath highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God has highly exalted him. Another verse. That I'd like to read is from Isaiah in reference to Jesus, Isaiah fifty three, verses seven through nine. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken, and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit. In his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He came in innocence. He came in peace. He came to bring peace. What does Ephesians 2 say? He is our peace. He is our peace. (laughs) If you go to Romans chapter 5, I noticed this again in the devotional. Romans 5 starts out, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God. The peace that we experience is not simply a feeling. We can feel peace, but it's our standing before God. We have peace. The world knows nothing of. Peace with God. We'll look at a few verses. If you go back to John chapter 12 and verse 15, again, quoting from the Old Testament. Fear not, our daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh sitting upon an ass's coat. Now that don't look like peace. A coat. Sitting upon a coat. But that's what Jesus did. Isaiah chapter 1. verse 7 says but I will have mercy upon the house of Judah and will save them by the Lord their God and will not save them by bow nor by sword nor by battle by horses nor by horsemen Jesus didn't come in essence to battle, he came in peace. Go back to Luke 19. I want to read verses 37 and 38. So that when he was come nigh, even now at the ascent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, and again he quotes from this verse, saying, blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now that sounds a little bit like when Jesus was born. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. So how does Jesus come to us? How does he come to us? Are we obedient to the commands of Jesus, or do we question Jesus' authority? You can mark it down. If you question authority, you're not going to have peace. You got to mark eleven. You know the Pharisees questioned Jesus. We have Jesus cleansing the temple, we have Jesus cursing the fig tree, and then they came to Jerusalem, in verse 27, 28 says, and said unto him, by what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority to do these things? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I will also ask of you one question, and answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of men? Answer me. And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say, Why then did ye not believe him? But if we shall say of men, they feared the people, for all men counted John that he was a prophet indeed. And they answered and said unto Jesus, We cannot tell. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things. This was the scribes, the chief priests, and the elders. Of the temple. They knew by what authority he had did these things. So we must never question Jesus authority. In Matthew 16. In verse twenty four. We have Jesus and his disciples. This was when he rebuked Peter. Then verse 24 says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Deny himself. And so what's the saying then? If you want to go up, you've got to go down. The way up is down? Humility. Do we recognize Jesus' authority? John eight in verse thirty one. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him If you continue in my word then are you my disciples indeed If you continue in my word Do we recognize Jesus for who he, for who he is for his authority A few verses yet from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 54, then verse 5, for thy maker is thy husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. That's who Jesus is. And of course, back from chapter 9, and verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Again, we have that word peace. He is our peace. Do we praise God for sending the Redeemer? And is it evident in our lives? Do we praise God all the time or just when things are going our way? You know, Peter wanted to identify with Jesus until the going got tough. Until they started associating Peter with this person they were trying to get rid of. And it was interesting, they... Let me just turn to that. Mark 14. This was Peter in verse 31. It says, but he spake more vehemently, if I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. They all said that. But if you go over to verses 48 through 53, Jesus answered and said unto them, are you come out against as a thief with swords and with staves to take me? I was daily with you in the temple, teaching, and you took me not, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. And they all forsook him and fled. And there followed him a certain young man, having a linen cloth cast about his naked body, and the young man laid hold on him, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. They all forsook him. Are you willing to stand with Jesus? Are you moved at his presence? One more yet. Matthew 21. I referred to this verse earlier. When he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, who is this? Do we know who Jesus is? Are we telling others who Jesus is? Are we moved at the presence of Jesus? Shall we have a song?